Hey, welcome back. We are glad you're here. Don't touch that dial. You are in the right place if you're looking for inspiration, motivation, encouragement. Uh, we have it for you here at Last in Line Podcast, where we are teaching guys how to not only charge the mountain and be the tip of the spear in leadership, but also to be the kickstand that props people up and empowers and encourages other leaders to be the best version of the leader within them. We are all leaders. We all have influence. And as it says in Mark 9.35, he who wants to be first will be the last of all and servant of all. That's what Last in Line podcast is about. And I hope you walk away different than when you turned on this podcast. I hope you walk away with the revelation that you were called to lead, that you were called to have influence, and that you were called to serve. Hey, I hope everybody's doing good. Good to be back again with you. Hope you're having a great week. Um, hope you are growing like you have promised yourself you are going to take steps to do. Uh, if you're listening to this, chances are you're listening to other guy podcasts, other dude podcasts, other podcasts where people are helping you become better leader, better better masculine provider, protector. Uh, so you're listening to those other podcast so hopefully you're better today than you were yesterday and you will be better tomorrow so hopefully you're taking steps and i just am thankful to be a part of your journey a part of this process for you and for me this is cathartic for me this is uh empowering for me to just kind of hear myself verbalize things that i know intuitively and internally to do to be better at life to be a better dad a husband a leader and so to be able to share it with you hopefully we're all walking this thing out together and so i'm excited to be here with you um got great stuff for you today again um i love doing these uh thursday episodes where it's solo me solo talking to you uh 15 or 20 30 minutes of things in my life things that i've learned ways that i failed ways that i've figured a couple of things out uh so hopefully that passing that torch on to you hopefully you're paying it forward as well and uh but I'm I'm thankful to be doing that and today it hit me that I'm as guilty as anybody else when it comes to ways that I find a hall pass out of something or I create an excuse to not do something or I disqualify myself so I thought about this and and you know ways that we can justify talk ourselves in or out of most things, right? If we try hard enough, we can convince ourselves to not do something. So there's three temptations uh, for making excuses that I want to tell you about today, but there's going to be good news. Uh, and, and I'm going to give you a, a why everybody's talking about what's my why I'm going to give you your why and my why that's worked for me as to why we do it anyway. So I'm going to call this episode, do it anyway three temptations for making excuses and then why we do it anyway, fighting through excuses, fighting through the temptations. Um, but first I think we got to set the foundation in a way that kind of helps you understand. It helps me articulate and illustrate like what prevents consistency in our lives, because 
a lot of us do the right things, but a lot of us are, you know, up and down. A lot of us are roller coaster people where we do some things really well for a couple of weeks and then we have this valley where we taper off and we get lazy, we get comfortable, we get disgruntled, we get discontented, whatever. We get bored, really, is what it amounts to. Um, and, and so we kind of stop. So we're inconsistent. So ways that what prevents our consistency what what breeds this what breeds life into our inconsistency and i think it's things that we do that disqualify ourselves things we say to ourselves ways that we feel inadequate and we start magnifying those things instead of the things we know how to do the things we're good at the things we've proven to be competent at we start focusing on these other things and magnifying what we're not good at and we start magnifying the ways that we disqualify or are disqualified to accomplish something we limit ourselves. We box ourselves in, right? We have too low expectations or we have too low a goal setting is too low. Um, we don't give ourselves enough credit for having the skill set or the talent or the ability um, or the fortitude or the resilience to actually dream a little bigger, actually accomplish a little more, actually uh, produce a little better and perform a little better. So that's, you know, self limitations. There's distractions out there. Sometimes we got our head down and we're tunnel vision and we're grinding. You know, we all talk about how we're doing that. You know, we're in the grind. We're, we're just, we're about that life, you know, grinding. And, and that's good. That sounds great. But then we get distracted. Then something over here, more shiny, more exciting, more sexy kind of takes our uh, eye off the ball. And we lose focus and we go over here because we maybe we think it's what we were in the middle of doing was just boring and it was just kind of mundane. It was over and over. And this over here is refreshing. It's it's fresh. It's new. It's this latest, greatest thing. So let's try this. And so, you know, we bounce around and, and I've been guilty of that too. Like we get distracted. And so those that's, you know, a couple of things that prevent our consistency. Um, and then we finally, you know, the, another thing is that we compare ourselves to someone else who might have on the surface this flawless existence, this beautiful, perfect picture of life and of their uh, performance is just this bright, shiny thing where they can do no wrong. Everything they touch turns to gold. And so you look at that and you think, well, I'll never attain. That's unattainable. I'll never get there. So it disqualifies yourself. You know, you start limiting yourself and then all these other things. It's like a domino effect of the things I just talked about, like disqualify ourselves. We're limiting ourselves. We're distracted because we think we're not capable over here because we're comparing ourselves to this person. You know, I and, and I think that's a double-edged sword. There's a middle ground in comparisons because I, I would say that sometimes it's okay to compare yourself to somebody that's doing it right and say that's what I'm aspire, aspiring to be. I like to replicate some of the things they're doing. I don't want to copy them. I don't want to be them. I have my own unique skill set. I have my own style, but what they're doing is working. So I want to try to replicate that. I want to sort of try to multiply that skill set. I want to develop that skill set and get good at it so I can do some version of what they're doing and be good at it like they are. There's nothing wrong with that. But then if we don't do that, then at the other end, we're comparing ourselves to these people that are at the very bottom of the barrel, right? So if I'm a kid in school and my kids used to say this all the time when I'd be like, look, you, you know, you know better than doing this, this, and this. And their response would be, well, I'm not doing drugs. I'm not having sex. I'm not doing that. You're not skipping school. You know, they're comparing themselves to all these other 
thugs that are at the bottom of the barrel and I'm comparing them up here to what our standard is. So as people, we can be like, well, you know, I'm not finishing last in my company and performance, or I didn't rob a bank. You know, I may have done this wrong, but I'm, I'm not this person, you know, uh, assaulting people or robbing people, you know, so we can't compare ourselves to the bottom of the barrel. I think there's a middle ground of comparison. We don't want to try to envy and rep and imitate everybody up here. And we also don't want to compare ourselves to the worst case scenario. So I got off on a tangent when I talk about comparisons a little bit. That wasn't what I was intending to talk about today. Um, the, the intent is to talk to you about doing it anyway uh, and fighting through some of the tendencies we have to make excuses uh, and some of the temptations we have. So here we go. Here's lies we tell ourselves um, that are these temptations for making the excuses. Like we come up with these excuses and it looks we buy it like it's the apple in the Garden of Eden. It's very luscious, like fruit that we should partake in that we know we shouldn't partake in. But we we think about these things and they're lies that we believe. So some of the things I've told myself, right? And and I'll be transparent here because I have a feeling I'm not the only one that's been in this situation. But let's just roll with it and indulge me if if I am the only one. Um, I I we I would. I've been known to say like, there's no reward in what I'm doing. Like what's in it for me? Like, why would I continue to keep doing this thing? Whatever this thing is, maybe it's, I don't know, weight training or, uh, just work my, my job. Like what if, what if I don't see a, an immediate reward? What is the reward? What's in it for me? If I'm not making the kind of money I make want to make, but why would I continue doing this job? Like, why would I continue doing the right things, the same boring strokes, the same mundane fundamental mechanics of the same repetition, the right reps? Like, why would I just keep doing that if I'm not seeing any sort of reward from that? That's something you've probably said to yourself. You might be saying it now. Like, what? I don't, you know, why would I continue to serve my wife and sacrificially love her and compliment her daily, encourage her daily. If I know her love language is affirmation, let's say words of affirmation. Why would I keep doing that? If there's no reward, if I don't get sex every time I tell her she looks pretty, or if I don't get so-and-so because, you know, I did the dishes, so she ought to make me my favorite meal. You know, if I don't get something in return, why would I do it? I think we say that sometimes to ourselves and we talk ourselves out of doing the right thing, or we talk ourselves out of doing what's fundamentally sound the right reps because we may not see something in return the what's in it for me syndrome kicks in and i i mean i mean you ask any athlete like they do so many reps when nobody's watching they're the blood sweat and tears you know that's where in the training room in the uh, film room on the practice field like that's where champions are made it's not on the field in the end zone when they're you know doing the in, the touchdown dance and lifting the trophy like champions were made long before you saw the outcome so that's for you and i like we got to grind we got to stay training prep prepping you know we got to keep ourselves sharp even if we're not seeing this bright shiny trophy or reward coming from it right now Right. And the Bible talks about, you know, don't grow weary in doing good for in due season. 
you will reap a harvest if you don't quit. So it says in due season. That's the part we have a hard time with is like maybe not in our time, but in God's time, there will be a reward. We may not see it right now. Heck, we may never see it. I don't know. But the point is that the principle is the same. We're doing it for the right reasons. We're doing it because it's right. The right reps over and over. So that's a lie I told myself. Maybe you have too. You know, there's no reward. What's in it for me? It's one of these, you know, tit for tat. I, I'll do it, but I got to get this in return. So that's not a reason to keep going. And in fact, to our point of, of the topic today, that's one of the temptations to make an excuse why not to do something. So the second excuse that we've been tempted to believe or temptation that leads to an excuse is that no one will appreciate what we're doing. Nobody's going to notice what we're doing. I mean, if, if you need a, a cheering section for everything you do and every reason and the reason you need to do right things and, and necessary things, and the reason you stay consistent is for a cheering section, then, then you're missing life. You're missing the whole point of everything. If, you know, cause it, it goes back to that, what's in it for me. But if you're looking for praise because you're, you know, if my kid is only clean in his room because he thinks there might be an allowance or it, there might not be a consequence to a clean room, like there will be for a dirty room. If I've told you to clean it, that's the wrong reason, right? He should be doing it because he can't stand clutter. It's a principle we live by is order, cleanliness, structure, discipline. Like it, the reason, I mean, hygiene at the very least, if the reason you're cleaning your room is to get, you know, me to say, woohoo, you cleaned your room, that's the wrong idea. You know, I know I'm all about words of affirmation and encouragement and, and people reinforcing positively a job I do. That's not why I do it. But, yeah, I enjoy it. But that's not what drives me to do the right thing and do a good job. It's not so that someone will say, great job. It is that's that's a that's icing on the cake. It's because, you know, the Bible says we are to work as unto the Lord, not as unto men. So, I, and I'll get to that more in a minute, but that's got to be our reason. Um, so to say no one will appreciate it or nobody's going to notice, uh, that's, that's a temptation to talk ourselves out of doing something. You know, um, back to the wife thing, like if I chip in and do some laundry and I don't get her approval or appreciation or something she says to reinforce that. Is that deterring me from doing it again the next time? No, because that's just a job, a household duty that we should all be a part of. That's just something that keeps the house running smoothly. So I'm not doing it for her positive reinforcement. Same with you. I don't I don't know what your life is like, but I bet you've done something in the past or are in the middle of something that maybe you're doing and you feel like it's going unappreciated or you feel like nobody's noticing. But why are you really doing it? Is it for that or is it because it's the right thing to do and it's because you're called to do it and it's because you have passion and you find value and you have a skill and so you're providing value by doing that, using that skill and that gift. If that's why, then that's that's spot on, but it's not about what someone's going to notice you doing. That's just extra if it comes. 
but that shouldn't deter you or incentivize you on doing the good job. And the last lie we tell ourselves, so if I'm talking about making excuses and these are temptations, you know, that carrot that kind of dangles out there that might be a reason for me to opt out, right, uh, of, of doing the good job or the right thing. Like, this is one of the lies. I don't feel like it. It's too hard. That's something that we've all said. I don't feel like it. Why don't we feel like it? Well, because, you know, our creature comforts, uh, creature comforts sneak in and start trying to convince us that we have to be comfortable or, or it has to be convenient or has to be easy. It has to come to us. I don't want to have to intentionally uh, be on purpose and walk through some fire to get to the other side. I, I think it should just kind of come to me and I think it should be smooth and I think it should be easy. And if I'm good at it, then yeah, there should be no snags. It should be smooth. That that's a lie. And, and that gives you a reason to, to, to pull the ripcord and, and just not do it and get the heck out of Dodge because you now you've got the excuse, right? Now you've got the, it's too hard. I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel good. Uh, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> they're not making me feel appreciated. You know, back to that last one that no one's going to notice. Like those are things we tell ourselves, whether you like it or not. I'm, I'm living proof and I know you are too. So when you get in the mirror tonight before bed, so you can sleep easy, at least be honest with yourself and say, Oh yeah, that thing he was talking about. I do that. I'm not going to do that anymore, but I do that. I have done that. Uh, or you could be the, the guy that's like, Oh, I know a guy who's done that. Yeah, exactly. That guy's talking to you in the mirror. So that's my point. We got to be honest with ourselves in order to fix whatever there is to fix. We got to identify, be honest, be transparent with ourselves. Um, we we believe our own lies more than anybody does. Uh, so for whatever that's worth. So those are the three lies we tell ourselves. Those are the three temptations that are, so there's no reward. What's in it for me? That's one. Nobody will appreciate me. Nobody will notice. That's another one. I don't feel like it or it's too hard. So these are things. So the title of this is Do It Anyway. So in spite of those three lies and in spite of the things that I said prevent our consistency, uh, do it anyway. Uh, Joyce Meyer is a, a lady, a, a minister that has a you know TV show, and you probably know who she is, and very popular uh, preacher. Um, and she... She sit, talks about fear, and, and she says, you know, I just had to figure out, do it anyway. Do it afraid. Uh, we all talk about being afraid to do something. Do it afraid. That's what she said. Don't not do it because you're afraid. Just do it anyway. Do it afraid. And so I'm telling you today, do it anyway. And so here's why we do it anyway. All right, I'm going to wrap this up nice with a bow. I'm going to put, put it in a nice package. We're going to lay in the plane, and we're going to give you a why today separate from your own little why motivator, whatever you've created, uh, your word for the year, whatever, however you want to package that up. But so like we have a why on the do it anyway. So why do we push through anyway when we don't feel like it? Why do we push through adversity? Why do we keep going anyway, one foot in front of the other when we don't feel appreciated or there's no reward that we can see yet? I told you I'd come back to that one, and I'm going to. So why do it anyway? Because we're, we're actually honoring the audience that we should be playing for, which is God. 
And I say audience of one, you've heard that, right? Audience, we're playing for Jesus. We're doing this for Christ. And uh, that's really who should be, who we're honoring, whose approval we're, we're receiving should matter the most. Like approval, and granted, you don't always hear that verbally, audibly. You don't always feel it. Like it doesn't appeal always to our five senses to gain the approval of the Holy Spirit or from God or Christ. Like, but we know based on God's word, what he considers to be honor worthy and glory worthy and him patting us on the back, blessing, reward, favor, provision, healing. Okay. So these are the things that God's promised us if we do these things to honor him. So it's not about honoring other people. It's not even honoring about honoring ourselves. It's about honoring the audience of one the creator, the person who ultimately and eternally, if we're having a right perspective, eternally, it's going to matter most. This this thing here and now, this life we're in right now is a speck on the map that is eternity, right? It's a speck on the yardstick that stretches out to eternity, which we can't even comprehend. So why do it anyway? Why go through with it? Why do the right reps? Why put your head down and go? Why stay focused if nobody appreciates there's no reward? Because you're playing for a different audience. You're playing for an audience that nobody can see, but you're playing for a powerful Jesus, a Holy Spirit, a God that lives in you. You're playing for that because there's eternal reward even if there's not here, and, and there will be here too, just so you know, as a caveat. So the second one is the faith in the unknown blessing. I just talked about that, this reward thing that we're so convinced that we haven't gotten yet or we may not ever get, and we haven't seen it yet. And in our timing, it's not on time. We're impatient. Where's this reward? What's in it for me? The why do it anyway is, in fact, the unknown blessing that's coming. So if you believe in the the promises of of the Word of God, you believe that He's good, you believe that He's trustworthy, you believe that He loves you, that He's he's unconditionally in your corner, regardless of whether you deserve it or not, He's for you. If you believe that, then you can believe this unknown blessing that maybe you don't know about yet, but there is one. There's a fruitful harvest coming, the sowing and reaping, right? I just told you, uh, if you don't give up, in due season you will reap a harvest, Galatians 6, 9. So that's a promise. So that reinforces what I'm saying to you about do it anyway. Even if in your small, finite human mind and vision, in your line of sight cannot see the reward of the blessing yet, do it anyway. Because trust in a God who promised you and he's his mind is above yours, right? His thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. They're above you. So trust in Him, not yourself. Because there's an unknown blessing. It's a, there's an unseen blessing. That's why it's called faith, right? It's, what is it? Uh, something, the promise, expectation of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen, or I got that butchered all the way up. But you get it. Like it's Faith is hope in something you can't see yet. Uh, so there is an unknown blessing. So why why do it anyway? That's why. Because we're playing for an audience of one, a different audience than most people. And then we're playing for, we're, we're doing this thing for an unknown blessing that is promised to us down the road, which is called faith. We have faith in a God being trustworthy. 
Okay. And so the last one is we're the reflection. We're a reflection of Christ. We can talk a good game about Christianity. We can talk about our faith. We can quote scripture till we're blue in the face. We can attend every church service. We can put the most money in the offering plate at the church. But if we're not living the reflection of Christ, none of that other stuff matters. So why do it anyway? Because people are watching us to see what we do. They're watching to see, oh, hey, is Joe Christian going to get thrown off course by this little adversity, this little setback? Is he going to get thrown off course and quit because he's not getting the pat on the back he thinks he deserves? He's not getting his name thrown up on the 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 billboard right uh, at work. He's not getting a pat on the back. He's not getting a pay raise just yet. It, what's he going to do here? Non-believers are looking at us, waiting to see what we do in those moments. When the world's falling apart, they want to see, are we going to stay the course? Are we going to stay consistent? Are we going to keep our head down to do the right reps? Are we going to do it anyway? Regardless of what's around us, the distractions, the comparisons, the setbacks, the hardships, the negativity, the poison, the toxicity in relationships, are we going to do it anyway? That's what they're going to be finding out, asking and looking for. We're a reflection of Christ. More than our money says, more than our scripture says, the words that we say, it's how do we live it? Not do we say we're about it, but are we about it? And so if we're keeping our head down and we're, we're doing it anyway, despite our feelings, despite the appreciation or lack thereof, what I'm telling you is people will notice. You will set the tone for potentially their faith journey and how curious they get. Oh, he's not perfect. I thought I had to be perfect to be a Christian. Oh, he gets angry, but guess what? He doesn't drop F-bombs. I thought that that was the only way to handle my anger or, or disappointment. Hey, he's not getting any real accolades, but he's doing the right thing, and he's not asking for credit. Interesting. Those, are, those people are saying these things, and that's what gets them curious about pursuing more of this Jesus that we talk about. Okay, so I, you know, I hope that helps because look, I've done it wrong for many years. I've also had a decent perspective on the ways to maybe refine my behavior and do it right, maybe a little righter, not completely right, but more right than I have been. So hopefully this helps you today. Like the title is Do It Anyway. That should be enough for you to think about. Look, I've given myself many reasons to, to kind of abandon ship in certain areas, make excuses why I don't do things, really apathetically sit by and just let life go and not take a step out and pursue something. Like I've given my way myself a way out. Enough with the hall passes for myself. Do it anyway. So prevent, just to recap, preventing your consistency are the comparisons, distractions, self-limitations, disqualifications. The lies you're telling yourself, if you're honest, are there's no reward, there's nothing in it for you, so why do it? Nobody will appreciate it, nobody will notice it, so why do it? I don't feel like it, it's too hard, so why do it? I just told you to finish it out, to round it out, to land the plane like I promised I would. Why do it anyway? We're honoring an audience of one, right? People are watching that, but we're honoring God, not man. We're not doing it for people, we're doing it for Him, because we know there's an eternal reward. There's a faith in an unknown blessing was the second thing. There's something coming. There's a, there's a sowing and reaping. 
The principle is real in the Bible. It's not fake. It's not some allegory, you know, from some ancient book. It's truth. So there is an unknown blessing you may not know or see yet, but it if you stay disciplined, you stay consistent, you stay faithful, God's faithful. And then the last one, we reflect Christ. More than our words, more than how many times we're in the church building, more than how many Bible studies we're in, more than how many times we pray in uh, King James English, like more than all that, the way we behave in those situations, people are watching, we are the reflection of Christ. I hope that helps you today. I hope you got a little better today. I feel a little better just verbalizing some of this. So love to hear what you have to say. DM me on uh, last underscore in underscore line underscore leadership on Instagram. Email me last in line leadership at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Follow us. Give us a rating and review. Share, subscribe, all those things that you know to do because you're way smarter at social media than I am. But all those things, if you like this at all, share it with somebody, bless somebody with it, get them on board with the last in line family with that. Be blessed. Make your escape. 